house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Nailed it. Hello, people. I want to welcome you to tonight's Bible News Radio episode. Yeah, it is. Hey, you know, I appreciate you guys coming in tonight on Saturday night. I know you you guys have like a million other places you could be, like watching TV, you know, being brainwashed by the secular media. <laughs> no, actually, you wouldn't be because you're my audience, right? So <laughs> anyway, we want to thank you for coming in tonight because tonight we have a I have a great interview. I've been waiting for this for a couple of weeks, and um, I've had one of my guests on tonight numerous times to talk about uh, his struggle in overcoming homosexuality. Yeah, that has your attention, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Anyway, and that show has been super great and awesome, and now today we have a couple. Yeah, we do. And and I already know, look, I'm just going to say it. I already know that some of you bozos out there... And I did say that. I meant that in love, of course. Some of you bozos are going to say, well, these guys are just in denial. Well, he's bisexual. Blah, 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 blah. He didn't really overcome it. Blah, 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 blah. You know, they're both crazy people. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. All right, whatever. You can think that if you want. I don't care. And I don't think they do either because, you know, they know the truth. Just so you know, people. So tonight my guests are Darren and Rhoda. Mel nailed it. <laughs> They're back. They're like, yes, you did it right. <laughs> anyway, they they are coming on our show tonight. We're, they're going to share their testimony, okay? This is going to be great. And, you know, one of the things I got to tell you about, often in Christian media, you know, we, we, we cover news uh, dealing with the issue of homosexuality, and we talk about how you can overcome it. We talk about how the stupid media is always trying to force it on you and tell you that, that you were just born that way. And, you know, who are you to judge if somebody wants to love somebody of the same sex? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, whatever. So tonight what we're going to do, though, is we're going to hear a testimony, people. Because I don't know about you, but when I became a follower of Christ, change happened. Yeah, it did. And you know what else happened? Transformation happened. And see, that is part of what we don't talk about today. We don't talk about transformation and we also don't talk about sanctification and how sanctification is part part of that transformational process. You know, we like to go, oh, I did this, did that, blah, blah. We don't like to look at the process, right? But I'm going to tell you there is a process and tonight we're going to look at that process and the praise that we can give to God for this wonderful couple who has frankly taken it on the chops, you know, from liberal wackos who who just want to attack because they, they don't like the testimony of what Christ has done in their life. And you know what? That's all right. Because I like it, and that's why they're here. So, you know, I uh, we're just going to jump into this. We're going to have them on for the whole time that we're doing the show. Um, so, you know, Darren and Rhoda, welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Uh, I am... You know, I wish I could give you both hugs. I can't because we're, you know, we're here in the 
different room. Yeah. But <laughs> you're in Tennessee, we're in Vancouver, you know. <laughs> Virtual yes. hugs. <laughs> yes, we we are. And let me go ahead and do that. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so all right. So let's begin. Way back in the beginning. All right. So cool. are you able to get them both on the screen with me? I'm just curious. Well, it's kind of a I should put myself up there so oh, people see who's talking here. It's um, it's kind of a chore because of, you know, they're side by side and put them in one little square next to you. Oh. The, I could, I could probably you continue and I'll work on something. Okay. In the background, see Bear what face I can do. Is, is a master producer. Yeah, he is. So as we get that worked out, as Bearface uses his brilliant master skills his what we call it mad skills yeah as he uses his mad skills to do this people okay so let's let's talk to darren and rhoda okay first thing i want to know is how long have you guys been married uh we've been married uh 13 years it'll be 14 december 10th awesome okay you did it again <laughs> what our son was born on the 10th sorry i did it live on tv no we're uh, my son was born on december 10th we were married on december 11th Okay. Not in that order. <laughs> Not in that order. That's where the secrets of the Mel's are coming out tonight on the show. Now Whoa. we know you had a child before you were married. No. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Let the rumors begin. Okay. Been married. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so it'll be 14 years this year. That's great. That that means you're quite young. I mean, I, I've been married 27 years to Randall and um I was 23 when I got married, and I'm way older now, just so you know. All right. Well, congratulations. Okay, so I know, Darren, when you've been on our show, you have shared with us some of your testimony um, and your background. So I think that that would probably be, be a, a good place to start, like kind of set up the table, uh, to, mm -hmm. set, to set the table, uh, the proverbial non-existent table <laughs> of where you guys came from. Sorry, my bad awkward whatever right, go ahead yeah um well we got married in uh, december 11 2005 and um, i met her at a dinner party um and and I, I mentioned before on the show that um i was living in the gay lifestyle for uh, about 10 years total and um <clears throat> i had a friend who um was a christian and followed me um, through the journey and was always there and loving on me. And he invited me to go to the international house of prayer. And, um, that's where I prayed. And I said, God, if, if I'm not, if I'm not gay and, and if I'm supposed to be, you know, living life as a straight man, then I need you to break me up with my boyfriend because I can't do it. I was in a partnership for uh, a couple of years and couldn't break up with that relationship on my own. And, and then my friend said, well, okay, let's pray. And I, we submitted that to the Lord. And then um, he said, well, if you could marry someone, you know, if you, and I said, well, yeah, I want to get married. And the woman that I would want to marry is this Rhoda lady, <laughs> but she's dating a guy I broke up with and she knows me as a gay man. So it doesn't, I don't know how that would work, but I submitted that to the Lord and said, Lord, you know, um, if, if, if I'm going to be straight, I want to marry uh, Rhoda. And um, lo and behold, it, it turned out that um, God orchestrated our friendship to grow deeper. 
And um, on her birthday, I asked her if she would be my girlfriend, and she said yes. Mm-hmm. And um, and <clears throat> and then at a magic show at on stage, I asked her to marry me, and she said yes. And then in December, we got married. Yeah. Wow. So. Bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, wow. So okay, I gotta hear about this proposal. How that? I mean, at a magic show. Yeah, it was, um, we have a a theme park called Valley Fair. It's like a Six Flags. And she had arranged, she had her own business and she had probably 15 employees at that time. And she was going to have an employee day at the fair. And I had been calling for months asking about this idea, proposing on stage, and they never called me back. And they actually called me back the day that she was there or going there. And I said, hey, you know, there's this magic show where the magician brings a lady up on stage and uh, makes a paper rose out of his, and then he lights it on fire and then it turns into a real rose. Hmm. I thought, man, if I could get her on stage and then on the rose was a ring and I came up behind her and proposed to her, um, that would just give expression to how much I love her. And, um, and they called me that day and I was actually at work um, doing a golf tour with my bank and I, I told my boss, gotta run, gonna go propose. And I just took off. <laughs> and um, I called my family and they came to the fair and kind of hid in the, in the audience. And he said, you know, well, you, I went there before her and met with the magician and we talked about how, where she needed to sit. And I had to convince her to get up on stage. But if you know my wife, of course she's gonna go up on stage. <laughs> so yeah, he, he did the magic trick and pulled her up on stage. And I had my family recording it uh, with videotape from two different angles. And then uh, I went up on stage and proposed to her. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Rhoda, I have to, okay. So I have to, uh, I have to, um, I have to ask. Okay. So you, you knew Darren when he was with another man and apparently you dated one of his ex-boyfriends. What what was that like? I mean, (laughs) This sounds like a, this sounds like a soap opera, kinda. Yeah, a little mixed up. Um, I was one of those people that just was never. I wasn't afraid of gay culture, and I wasn't any homophobic at all of any kind. And I just, I've always just loved everybody. And I um, have a theatrical background, and and all of my professional work is in home is in hospitality, so all of my friends and all of my homies, you know, we're all gay, lesbian, you know, transgendered, bisexual people. And as a, also an owner of a house cleaning and home hospitality business, I employed, I had a lot of them as my employees. And we just, they just, um, and so then that's just how I, I think spend a lot of time and, um, dinner party so then we got I was invited to a dinner party and I had just finished doing a show um called sleepwalkers and we were um invited over to this dinner party around it was like in October so like a harvest Mm -hmm. get together party non-alcoholic just fun and that's the first time like that I think I actually saw Darren you know (laughs) there. I've been, I knew about him, but I had a, a girlfriend named Juliet that was just like, hey, have you really like checked this guy out? 
he's super nice and it's really sweet um, and he can dance. So that kind of like perked my ears. Oh, he can dance. All right. Yeah, disclaimer, it was Dance Dance Revolution, a video game. <laughs> so, okay. but yeah. But you know, the guy's got to move his feet, like sometimes at 100 miles an hour with turns and kicks and stuff. And so it worked for me. I mean, um, I didn't expect to find my husband, you know, in the ballet studio where I spent most of my time. So um, that turned into uh, us just getting to know each other better as friends. And my heart was really emotionally tied up um, with my with my friend. And I had this thing for unavailable men too at the same time. And mm. I kind of had a mix of self-esteem and I didn't understand my value or my worth. Um, so needless to say, I, I was sort of acting like a battered woman kind of behavior. And, but um, there's this one major event that happened in my life with my business and I really needed a friend. And so I called um, the man that I thought was my friend and told him what happened. And his response was, well, I told you so. And it wasn't really kind or empathetic and sort of like in, in my face. And it didn't make me feel good at all. And lo and behold, as God would have it, maybe like 20 minutes later, Darren calls. And, and I said, do you really, he goes, how are you? And I said, well, do you really want to know? I mean, or should I give you the proverbial, sure, everything is fine. This is okay. He said, no, I really want to know. And so then I told him what had happened and that I'd been stolen from and, and that all my blood, sweat, and tears for my work, for my business is kind of like now um, on the tightrope and I don't know how I'm going to make it and, and et cetera. And his next words were, well, how can I help? And lo and behold, that was the beginning of our relationship. Aww. See. So the keys opened up my heart and I said, well, to be honest, I just really need a friend right now. And I didn't really know all of the, all of Darren's professional skill set, but so we decided to go out for dinner and to learn more about Darren and Darren was in a place where he could be ready to, I don't know, he asked, I, you could be ready to date me. And I sat there when I sat there in one of our conversations and just said, you know, I just really want a guy that would, <laughs> and I, you know, that would just be able to talk about his emotions, that would be secure in who he is, that just loves God with all his heart and isn't like religious, but like understands what love is all about and, and can play and have fun and respect me at the fact that and not be intimidated by my success, maybe a woman that I'm in business that I, you know, and then just gave us a list of myself mm -hmm. and little do I know in the background, he's going check, check. He's checking it off. Like it's a checklist. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, um, two weeks later he comes back from school from banking school. And meanwhile, he did call me while he was there in banking school and that was something else that just totally surprised me. Um, here's this guy that I barely know is calling me from banking school saying, hey, I took a class for you. And it was a business administration class and that he'd been going around talking to all of the bank managers and stuff about me and my business and how he could help. And, and he just wanted to call to encourage me to tell me that, Rhoda, hang in there. You've got like, 
you've got the right business idea and it's going to profit and it's going to be extremely successful. You just need to hang in there. And I was just so flabbergasted that someone actually did something nice for me. And then, um, then he hangs, we about to say, hang, end the conversation and he ends it with, I love you. And they had this sort of ring to it that was different than the friend I love you mm-hmm. ring. And it's like, hmm. I honestly didn't know how I felt. And I was really caught off guard. And yet at the same time, I was like, really, um, I thought that was incredibly admirable and brave to just, you know, throw himself out there. Um, and so I just said, thank you. And, and I was offered to go out to dinner with him again when he came back. And really the rest is history. He came back. He called me, which is something else that I didn't believe that guys did. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to Don Pablo's. It's just like a simple Mexican restaurant. And I think at that time over dinner, I realized how much, how nice he was. And it was really easy to see that he liked me, which with my inner conflicts, I didn't, that was really difficult for me to accept and notice. And so I was grateful that I did because then it didn't take long after that. We just started hanging out every single day and mm-hmm. yeah. And then, we hit it and then before I knew it was my birthday and, and he asked me to be his girlfriend. So and I told my mother about that. And she's like, I like this guy. Any guy who asks you to be your girlfriend is going to ask you to be his wife. <laughs> she's Aww. like, you're on the right track. So, <laughs> Good job. Don. Yeah. And so, okay. So, and that's, that's so cool. But at any time in your, in your thinking, knowing that he was with a man before, did any of that even come into your mind that, okay, is, is he bisexual? Cause I could, I could hear some people saying, well, that's why he is. Yeah, he is. Or, or were you just, or were you kind of hoping, oh, he's kind of gay, but you know, that's okay. Maybe I can convert him. Uh, you know, I'm just asking the questions. I know some people are thinking. Sure. Um, well, I'm not your normal. I mean, <laughs> I'm not your average person. And full right. disclosure, I mean, I um, was pretty open to Darren's um sexuality and I had even declared myself as queer um so that meant that I would be open to any situation really Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be judging of that and um also in my back pocket um let's see so I was probably 32 so about 10 years earlier 22 um in prayer I had asked the Lord for my husband and God had said, well, your husband will have struggled with homosexuality. So it was no surprise that Darren struggles with homosexuality. And yet the thing that made it different for me is that Darren was a Christian first and he was trying to seek the truth and he wasn't trying to reconcile his, what, what do you say? Are you? Um, I wasn't trying life? to reconcile my sexuality with Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, no, sorry. I wasn't trying to reconcile my Christianity with my sexuality. Yeah. I was trying to reconcile my sexuality with, with, Christ- with my Christian faith. Right. So I wasn't trying to massage the Christian faith. I was trying to figure out my sexuality and, and what the truth was there. Yeah. So I understood really quickly that like, no matter, no matter what Darren um, had it, that he wanted Jesus Christ to be the Lord of his life. And that's something that 
I think is really, really important in a spiritual maturity is we can have Jesus as our savior. Um, right. But until we move to the next step and make him give him permission to be the Lord of our lives. Um, you know, there's a big catechism there that is so defining. And there were many other men in my life, you know, many four or five really close, really, excuse me, four or five really close male relationships that I had before Darren that were really struggling with making decisions. Mm. And even, um, and when it came down to it, you know, for whatever reason at the time, it was like, well, I wasn't, they waffled a lot and then they didn't choose me. Mm. Darren never waffled when it came to me. And that was also really like, um, affirming that I wasn't going to, he didn't want, he's, if you ever, if you know Darren, he's super sweet and really nice and he could be anyone's friend. And so it was like, and at this, in the, in the state of my mind at the time when my business was nearly being stolen out from underneath me, I sort of applied a, a comedic, uh, application that I learned from Seinfeld <laughs> just to have do everything backwards, do things that you wouldn't usually do and see how it would work out. And so I threw a lot of things to the wind that I wouldn't, you know, how I would behave. I just decided I'm not going to do those things. I'll just do something completely opposite. <laughs> and so the opposite was to uh, take huge risks with my heart and to trust and call it trusting God. Uh, <laughs> and I kind of thought in my head, you know what, if we date for six weeks and we um, go to movies and hang out and go to theater and have fun and then it's done, oh, well, I had a good time. And that's pretty much what I, that's where your self-esteem was. That's pretty much where my self-esteem was at the time and I feel like it's what I needed. Um, But then after that six week was up um, and I was well aware that Darren had gay friends and Oh, you know, there was this really like, and can we tell them the story of watching the television show and your friend? No, we'll skip that. Okay. <laughs> so there were just defining moments in our relationship where, in our friendship, where I was watching him pick me again and again and again and say no to things he was saying yes okay. before. I'll, I'll tell that story. Um, so there was a time where I brought, um, a man, uh, that I had on the side before we were dating, um, just when we were friends and I brought him and her to dinner, um, because I wanted them to meet and just hang out and be friends. And it was the most awkward dinner and movie that there ever was. And at the end of the movie, I mean, we're sitting on the couch and you could tell it was just so awkward <laughs> the way we were sitting and stuff. And he got up and he says, well, it's nice seeing you. Adios. And I never saw him again. And I knew then though, I was like, wait a minute. I've been in these situations before. <laughs> this is the day. This is the day that Darren's going to make his final decision. Yeah. This is where I was set up. I either choose the guy or the girl. And you know, that, that was, that was it. Like I wanted Rhoda. And so off he went and, and that was that, I mean, that was the end of it, you know, for, for that season. And that's all I cared about was who was going to choose me. You know, I wasn't hung up in his sexual orientation. And honestly, 
like 15 years ago, people didn't walk into a room and say, hey, I'm gay and my name is Mike, you know? Right. They weren't so, it, it wasn't like that at a all. Leader. It yeah. wasn't a leader. leader. It wasn't a conversation leader. It wasn't like, it wasn't this tribal thing. There, there wasn't this hatred also that's the underbelly, you know, in the atmosphere right now. And um, there wasn't this war, it feels like. It's just really open acceptance and mm-hmm. um and most people just wanted to be understood or loved or appreciated mm-hmm. and with darren i was like you know what it you know one thing i understand is that you love god two thing i understand is that you want you know that you have your priorities correct and three you're picking me every time so yeah i can you know i can tell you that that I mean, I just met you like what, like a half hour ago, <laughs> and I like you a lot. I can, t- I mean, I, I can tell you because you know, even in my years doing couples therapy, I just was just like one of my favorite ones, favorite things to do. You know, it's it's always refreshing when somebody understands their own process, and um, and they own, you know, who who they are, but but at the same time, allow the other person to be who they are. Uh, that's, right. that's what good, healthy, successful marriages are built on. It's not, it's not a competition, but it's an understanding. Um, and, you know, I mean, having just celebrated 27 years of marriage, you know, we had, my husband and I had to go through a similar, you know, thing where, where we had to understand who we were, what it was that we needed, and grow in that, and grow in it with one another. So... I just, I just think that's so cool. I, I don't know about anybody else. Does do you guys all think this is cool? I, I saw a couple of snarky comments. I'm not going to bother sharing those, but, but, uh, but the other thing you said that I really, really like is that you you mentioned that Darren had a desire to have Christ as Lord, not yeah. just Savior. And you know, it's one of my pet peeves here. Uh, and I actually had a friend recently who's in the community recently say that, yeah, Jesus is my savior. And I thought to myself, but he isn't really your Lord yet because you're not quite yet. You're not ready to surrender this particular hurt to him yet. You're still holding yeah. on to the anger um, and all that. And so that's what makes this more interesting to me because we don't talk about the Lordship of Christ very often in the church these days, unless it's just, Hey, Jesus is Lord. And that's about it. You know what I mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Right. So I know, um, I know obviously that there's more to your story. Um, and, uh, I'd like you just to continue, you know, what, it, you know, Darren, if you want to go, you know, where do you want to yeah. go next? Well, um, I wanted to share, you know, when, when I asked her to be my girlfriend, what that conversation, um, I was concerned that, you know, I had dated guys and she knew me as a gay guy, as a gay identified man. And, and I looked, when I was talking to her, I said, you know, how, how is this, you know, are you okay with this and what have you? And she said, well, Darren, I just want to love you for who you are in Christ and who God made you to be. And I don't expect you to wear a mask. You just be yourself. And that was the first time that I really felt like someone saw me because with my family, you wear a mask with your uh, Christian friends, you wear a mask or I was wearing a mask Um, with my gay friends. I was wearing a mask. You know, I had to hide my Christianity. (laughs) And when I told when one of my friends were making fun of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and I couldn't take it anymore and said, you know, well, I speak in tongues and the whole room goes silent, (laughs) you know. 
and and it just always having to wear a mask everywhere I was at. And Rhoda was the first person that says, I just want to know you for who God created you to be. And so she let me be a sensitive person. Um, she let me have my emotions and help me understand that that is totally within the realm of masculinity to have emotions, you know, and to express them and to be real. And, you know, that love and just to the acceptance of that as, as God created me really um, drew me closer to her and, and helped me find who I am in Christ. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, you know, part of, part of our story was of coming into a marriage when I was gay identified before dating her. <laughs> and, um, you know, I came into the marriage with a lot of baggage and particularly a porn addiction. And, you know, I wanted to serve Christ and to submit everything to Christ. And um, after we got married, we uh, bought a house, found a church right away and kind of plugged in. And that was our hospital for many years. And um, God brought us closer together and um, also brought a brother in the faith, uh, my best friend, into the picture. And through that, you know, my pornography was really hard on Rhoda. Um, you know, I wasn't trying to keep it a secret, but where she was at in her walk, and, and I need to talk about this, um, you know, she wasn't available to help me with the struggle. So I had to go to a brother and, and kind of address that. You want to say anything about that? Like in hindsight. Yeah, in yeah. hindsight. Yeah. So, it, you know, you get married and it's, it's sort of like, well, you know, those of you, I mean, you know, Stacey, you get married and it's just sort of like, it's not what you envisioned. Nope. You know, <laughs> Nothing. it's never anything like you envisioned. No, every, every married couple will tell you that. And, um, I, and even at that, I felt like we were like three long years that it was just super sweet. We didn't really fight. Um, there wasn't really much conflict between in those three years. Um, I was just so in love with him that someone would actually like be married to me, you know, mm-hmm. and we kind of just loved each other. Well, like that. <clears throat> um, and he'd come home from hanging out with guys and he'd be like, I'm so thankful that I'm married to you. You should hear what the guys say about their wives. <laughs> and that was just, you know, there was just a way that we blessed each other. Um, and then, like, it seemed like the pressures of life then just started um, creeping in or we felt safe enough that then to let the pressures you know, of life creep in and show our true, our, colors. Our true colors, maybe. Yeah. And um, one of the, you know, it was just, I would say the way Darren dealt with anxiety was he would turn to pornography and when he'd get really stressed out and I was really busy working with my um, cleaning and home management business. And so there were sometimes I didn't really notice that um, how he was really feeling and what he was doing. And I really just kind of trusted God to take care of Darren and his friendship that he had with Jimmy. And he was doing all the right things. Um, and but he was really struggling emotionally with some, with, with stuff that I was unaware of. And 
Yeah. And, and during that time I had my brother there and we had regular weekly meetings or prayer meetings in the morning um, where we, we hold each other accountable. He'd help me with my pornography issue. And, um, and so my prayer for many years um, was, you know, God, give me the strength to uh, not give in to temptation and praying it. And, and when I, the, the pattern, you know, in the first beginning of our years, um, we were kind of love struck, but we also didn't know how to do conflict at all. So we avoided it. And the pornography, anytime I would try to talk about it, she would be hurt by it because I'm choosing that over her. And that's not really what it was about. I mean, even though I was doing that, um, I wasn't going to her in my anxiety and, and to my best friend, to my wife and seeking out, you know, accountability and, and strength from what God's given me there. But, um, and so after a couple of years of continually struggling with that, it was just hurting her more and more. And, um, and with, with my brother and praying and, and trying to get over the porn habit, it just wasn't working for a long time. It was, uh, about five years of our, of my prayer and about seven, seven years of our marriage that I was addicted to porn. And that culminated in a setup by the enemy that I cheated on my wife on Rhoda. And, um, that was, you know, the, the porn addiction and asking God to give me the strength to not do it just ended in, in absolute dismal failure. Mm-hmm. And what I realized that night that it happened, um, I was actually away from home and the night that it happened, I realized that my righteousness was like dirty rags before the Lord. And that the Lord was was good, and that He was a source of strength, and and I knew that I had um, lot. I legally, spiritually, I'd lost everything, and Satan even told me we had, had a couple of miscarriages, and Rhoda was um, pregnant with our son Sebastian, and Satan was laughing at me, telling me that we would lose our son too, and that Rhoda would divorce me, that the church would kick me out. My best friend would break up with me. And I thought I lost everything. And I said, God, you're a good God. I know I've screwed up, you know, please forgive me for this. Um, you know, if I have to start my life over and be single the rest of my life, then so be it. But you're good. I know that I'm not. And it was a moment of death for me. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, I mean, honestly, it was a real Christian conversion. Uh, you know, I didn't get saved because I didn't come to Christ because I knew I was a sinner. I came to Christ because I was in the occult and being attacked by demons. And I feared for my life. And I did, you know, come to understand the concept of sin. But this was the moment where where I found myself completely and utterly left in death. And when you, ha- when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you feel the Spirit lift, it's death for the Christian. And that's where I was. And so when I got home, I went straight to my pastor and confess my sins and try to seek counsel. And he told me, well, you know, you've, you've, you've uh, repented, you confessed your sins, so don't do it again. You don't need to tell your wife and, you know, just be on your way. And I knew that that wasn't godly advice. Right. The Holy Spirit told me, no, nope, that's wrong. You need to go to your brother and uh, Jimmy, my brother. And so I went to him and I was afraid. I mean, he's, he's my best friend. <laughs> And I was afraid he was going to 
this was it. You know, he'd been praying with me every week, at least every week, you know, to, to get over porn, porn addiction. And now I've cheated on my wife. And, um, so we hung out that week, uh, and, uh, I, I told him what happened and cried on his shoulder and, you know, he prayed with me and he says, I'm here for you. And, and he told me, you know, you need to tell your wife and you need to reconcile with her. And so I was terrified that I'd lose Sebastian. And, um, so he prayed with me and gave me the strength to keep going. And so at church, um, I went up for prayer, <laughs> uh, because I, I needed to figure out how to tell Rhoda and, um, I'll let Rhoda tell the story here because, um, we ended up after church, we went upstairs and Rhoda said something. So go ahead, Bob. Sure. So, um, I watched Darren come down the altar and, and, uh, God said to me, go up there and tell your husband that you don't, um, follow him because he's perfect but that you follow him because he loves me perfectly okay so I did that and like Darren just was just overcome with um I think shock and awe <laughs> and uh and so then next thing you know um that the Lord uses though uses that word to like massage his soul and about four or five days later or it's probably Wednesday night he um pulls me into the pastor's office nobody's the pastor's not there or anything like that but he's like I need something I need to tell you something and I was like this is interesting um he just looks so solemn and pretty much dead and I thought what is going on and, um, and so he told me and, um, yeah, I'm five weeks pregnant with Sebastian and I'm looking at Darren and, and it's just like, I feel like this, you know, I was bathed in pregnancy hormones. <laughs> so I was pretty a happy pregnant mama. Um, and I didn't get angry at all when Darren shared this with me. My first response was, wow, look at this. Where he's telling me in the pastor's office and he's told me within like, you know, within a week that it's happened. He's not trying to cover it up. And then this like thing of ownership just like rose up inside of me. And I just thought to myself, no husband of mine is going to die here. No, not at all. Like, what is it that I did to participate in such a thing that you know, um, I wasn't taking ownership over what he did, but there was a part of me that was like, what is it that I did? And, um, and then the Lord like gave me a vision basically of a, of choice. It was a choice and he showed me all of my sins. And, um, and I was really taken back by all that I had seen and the darkness. And I mean, sometimes you just, I don't, there's been a couple times in my life where the Lord's revealed to me what my heart looks like um, if it weren't for the blood of Jesus. And so I, I see, all, see all of my sins, and then I see the blood of Jesus covering all of my sins. 
And, and then I see Darren and then I get this strong, like feeling in my heart that the Lord's telling me you could legally, yes, let him go. And he's like, or you could apply the same grace and mercy that you have received for your sins to Darren. And then, um, and by doing so, you would walk in a grace and mercy that that you have never, like, I mean, the Lord has, has extended a lot of grace and mercy and then the awareness that I've had of that to me. But to be given an opportunity to also reapply or also extend that to Darren um, would put me into a place of, of the miraculous is what the Lord was kind of pouring into my heart. It, it was giving me the option it's like, well, you know, you could have the $5,000 ring or you could have the $500,000 ring, you know, like they're both rings, but like, you chose judgment, you know? Yeah. And I, I, um, there was just nothing looking at him. I'm like, who am I to judge him? You know? And I also wanted to, to do, I also, I mean, there's my, I come from a broken home, broken family, um, all kinds of addictions. Um, I'm a sexually abused individual. Um, you know, I've had all that in my, it's all in my past as a child. And I just really wanted to hope that my story could be different and that I wanted to believe in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And I didn't want to take this marriage and flush it down the toilet, you know, like all the other ones and claim my legal right. I wanted in my heart, I really wanted to believe in the resurrection power of Jesus and that Darren could be totally set free. And if I use my legal right, that death that I saw in Darren's face would lead him to eternal, would just, would just put him down into the sewer. Yeah. And how could someone, how could I claim to be a Christian and to love God and to be authentic and then turn him to the dump? You know, this is a man that's provided for me, has loved me, has cared for me. Um, and for seven years, he's not perfect, you know, and I also learned that marriage isn't all, you know, sparkles and unicorns and rainbows. And, um, and I just wanted to take a chance on, take a chance on God, I guess, and see what he would do. And you know, maybe if it was wrong, you know, I guess there is always divorce and that's where a lot of people go. Sure. It just, it seems to be like man's answer of how to just get rid of the problem, you know, but from everything that Darren shared with me to that point, I'm like, divorcing him isn't going to solve the problem. He's just going to ride in the problem and, and it, and in his pain, and it's just going to get worse. So, yeah, and and in that moment of Rhoda saying that I forgive you, um, and receiving me back, <laughs> was the first time that I tangibly felt the mercy of God. That I knew, I knew that she had, like she said, she had the right to divorce me. And, and I had been judged my whole life and 
I had experienced judgment through so many things. I just expected her to say it. And, and my faith was on the line when I asked God to let the judgment pass. And, but even if it, even if she would have said, you know, I'm done, I still would have chosen God, but she, she said, yes, I receive you back. And that it was like an oil of mercy coming down and filling my soul again of, of receiving the, the mercy that God has for us and knowing that in our deepest sinful state, God's love brings us back. And that in the marriage, when she said through, through um, better or worse, that this was the test of worse and, and through life or, you know, through all of life, she's, she's choosing me even when I made a mistake and didn't choose her and, but coming back to choosing her, it just, it, she reconciled it and that created and, um, God in, in that next season, I'm like, God, everything I've been doing for some years or for five years isn't working. And, and I said, you have to do something different here. You know, you guide me and how to address this issue. And I went down to the international house of prayer again <laughs> And um, found a, a book called The Covenant with My Eyes by Bob Sorge. And um, that was my, and I've shared this before, um, that was my experience of understanding grace. I took a covenant with my eyes and said, look, God, I cannot do this on my own. So when I see a guy that I, that I know I'm going to be tempted on, or if I'm watching TV and I know there's going to be a temptation, or I'm browsing the internet and I see something I'd click on, I'm going to turn away and you, you have to give me the grace to not look back. Like you have to do it. I can't do it. And that experience changed my life. It actually, um, pornography ended right then and there. And, um, and then I experienced grace for the first time. And that's, um, I was a year, a year of being set free of porn and uh, stopped the well from being poisoned from the darkness coming in. And so because there wasn't darkness coming in and I was able to focus on Jesus, um, I also found a daily prayer method and, and um, a prayer card that I have on my blog. And I, and I prayed that every day. I prayed a prayer every day and I focused on Jesus. And um, about a year after being set free of porn, I was struggling in some other area. Honestly, I don't remember. It's probably anger or something or should be having a short fuse. And I said, God, what book can I read or, or what, you know, covenant can I take to get over this issue? And God said, my grace is sufficient. And I was like, yes, I know. And I want that grace in this other area of my life. And he said, no, my grace is sufficient. I was like, God, what don't I understand? You know, and he said, Darren, when you took the eye covenant, you were putting your toe in the ocean of grace to see if it was wet and God had mercy and grace on me to let me test him that way. And, and I saw that grace worked and he said, Jesus Christ is the new covenant. He is the grace that you're seeking for your entire life. And in that experience, it was like a new indwelling of the Holy spirit of revelation that I had lived my 20 years of Christianity under legalism, under performance, under cheap grace and hyper grace, and that trying to do the self-righteousness thing and, and, and learning that God is the one that does it 
And as I draw closer to him and my weakness, he's made strong. And that that temptation, when, when it comes, it's not my strength. And, um, and so, you know, that, that whole thing, um, was the grace, a new grace message that came into our marriage and was able to, um, address the part, the same sex attraction over that year. So, yeah. Very, very cool. Okay. So you said so much, you said so much stuff and I just, you know, I'm, my heart is so touched, you know, every time you share your story. I, I tear up and I do cry a little. I try not to hide it, but <laughs> I'm a weeper, people. I am. Anyway, you know, there's so many things that I want to say, but I need to take a break. And I, so I have notes because at 51, almost 51, I forget stuff. So if you just joined us, people, I want to welcome you to the show. This is Bible News Radio. We have a very special episode tonight. My guest here uh, is uh, Darren and Rhoda. <laughs> Darren and Rhoda Mel, they have been sharing with us how they got married, their relationship, and the struggles that they've they've had, you know, with intimacy, um, you know, in the marriage. And, and as you could hear, um, it's very powerful. And I, I mean, I have so many things going through my head. Um, so if you just got here, I want to say thank you for coming in. If you're on Periscope, YouTube, wherever you're at, um, and feel free at any time to go ahead and leave a comment. Uh, appropriate one. Some of you scoundrels, I see your rude comments. Just so you know, I'm not going to read them out loud because you're, you're a scoundrel and why would I want to do that? But I do see them, just so you know, people. Um, but anyway, if you want to leave a nice comment, I will participate with you. Um, in the meantime, though, I want to thank you guys for uh, coming in. I'll let you know, Ariel Ministries sponsors this show. This is one of the best uh, uh, Bible teaching ministries out there. It's Bible teaching from a Messianic Jewish perspective. Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum is the founder of Ariel. It's been around for about, I don't know, 40, 50 years. It's been a while. Um, and we have a special coupon code that you can use. It's Bible News. When you go to ariel.org, you use that coupon code. You can save 20% on anything in the, in the store um, or on the internet, really. That's in there. The only thing it doesn't apply to is Camp Shoshana. Which I think is over, actually. I think it is. Yeah, it is. So go check that out. Also, we have um, uh, the opportunity, if you so desire, if you want to donate to our show and donate to the work that we do here, you can go to our website, BibleNewsRadio.com, and click on the Give button there on the Give page. You can set up a monthly donation or just donate one time. It doesn't matter. And or you can go to givesendgo.com forward slash Bible News Radio. That's, that's the website, givesendgo.com is kind of like GoFundMe, except it's not anti-Christian like GoFundMe is. GoFundMe hates Christians, just so you know. <laughs> they ban Christian stuff over there on GoFundMe. So Give, Send, Go, it's actually run by Christians. Uh, and we have a page over there if you want to donate over there uh, as well. You can bless their ministry as well as... Uh, um, you know, ours at the same time. If you want to receive show text messages, I send out a text message that is a scripture in the morning and also a uh, text message right before our show to remind you that it's coming on. All you got to do is text the term Bible news to 33222. And if you missed that, just keep watching the ticker below. It'll come back up. And last but not least, 
Uh, we offer legal shield and identity theft protection. And if you want to know more information about that, uh, you can go to bit.ly forward slash LOJ. That's all capitalized 2019. That will take you to my direct page or Honestly, I just prefer you contact me directly on that and then I can talk to you. And if you like essential oil, <laughs> John 316, hey, you can save uh, 10% at sparknaturals.com. And if you're like me and you have allergies, lemon, lavender, and peppermint oil works really great in the diffuser. You can get it over there and uh, use John 316, which by the way, actually works on sale items as well. And here's the trick. If you go over to sparknaturals.com, Go buy the stuff when it's on sale and you get free shipping and then you can save 10% on top of all of that. So you basically save close to 30%, just so you know, and you get free shipping. And one other thing, that Amazon link down there, amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash Bible News Radio, any books that we have that we talk about on our show is over in my bookstore on Amazon and there's actually a ton over there. You can go click through there, anything you buy through that. We'll actually, you know, we'll get a little kickback. That helps us. Um, and we need all the help we can get, people. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, so that's our that's our little infomercial and our commercial. And I just want to say thank you. And actually, I should say, you know, thank you to Darren and Rhoda, too. They are Legal Shield members. You want to talk about that in just a minute? I thought I'd throw that in here, seeing, you know, you you were so nice to sign up for a membership. Because you, you got a cool testimony about that. I thought. Um, which part of the, which one? The Legal Shield membership, remember the forms and stuff? Yeah, yeah. No, we, um, we, I wish I would have had it sooner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, I am a Legal Shield member and um, use the forms for um, non disclosure agreement. And um, I also have access to a lawyer um, to run I, ideas by or needs by. Um, when actually in the Twin Cities where we live. And so it's a, uh, it'll help us uh, in the future. I wish I would have had it sooner. So, <laughs> Well, thank you for that. That on-the-spot endorsement. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. So before, um, before we went to the break, um, you guys shared some stuff. And there was a couple of things that stood out to me when you were talking. And, and one thing that I don't know how many of you out there caught it, but, you know, at the beginning of the interview – uh, Rhoda was talking about how um, how Darren was choosing her, right? Remember that, right. people? Okay. All right. Just want to make sure I'm, I, I'm still listening good. Okay. All right. So you, you talked about that in, in the courting and, and after marriage, you know, how, how he chose you over, over the guy. And then this little fall ha happened, and now Darren is talking about how you chose him. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And yes. I thought, ah, oh, that's so great. So then you were talking about, uh, oh, and then we were talking about grace and stuff. But one of the things Darren talked about was how he overcame a lot of what he's he's overcame because he made a covenant with his eyes, which we know David did too. Um, but one of the things he said was that he chose not to look back. And, you know, it's interesting, and I'm sure you've both thought of this, but one of the first uh, stories I thought about was Lot's wife, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Lot's wife did not look back. Well, I mean, she did look back, but she was told not to look back when God was trying to take Lot out of the city before he was going to destroy it, right? So we know that Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt and was basically destroyed 
because she looked back. And I, I think that that is a, I don't know if you'd ever thought of that, Darren, or not. It kind of looks like you hadn't. <laughs> no, I, that is but, that is profound to me, actually. That's, yeah. That is a deep revelation. Yeah. I, yep, don't look back. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, that it is profound. And you talk about grace. The other thing that really stood out to me was you were talking about how, you know, it, and, and when you said this before, when you were on the show, it, it touched me because you were talking about how, you know, it was just the tippy toe of, you know, the toe that you were dipped in there of, of God's grace. You know, a whole bunch of people, including me, would, would think, wow, you know, God helping you to overcome pornography and stuff and homosexuality. That's not just the tippy toe of grace. That's like, you know, that is jumping in head on, like getting totally covered in grace. But that's not what you said. You actually said that was just the beginning. And, um, so I would love it if, you know, you both could elaborate on how that, you know, as Chuck Swindoll wrote a book years ago called The Grace Awakening, one of the best books I've ever read on the subject. Mm -hmm. How, how has that biblical grace awakening taken place since then? Um, because we know that hyper grace movement is, is BS. Um, and we, <laughs> you know, and, and too many people have fallen into that and it just, Sorry, I said it that way, but whatever. Um, you know, I mean, so yeah. So go on. Tell me what you think if you if you understood what I just said because it wasn't real clear. I... Um, the, to me, it was um, reading Diedrich Bonhoeffer's Cost of Discipleship uh. and just the first couple chapters, crying my eyes out, realizing that in church I had been taught legalism and cheap grace. And that I'd been struggling with sin on my own, in my own strength. And that the cross is what has provided grace. Or the resurrection, sorry, the resurrection is what's provided grace. But the power that raised Christ is available to raise us from the dead. And having experienced the death um, of the wages of my sin being death and, and having the spirit lift... Um, and knowing that I was a dead man and then Rhoda receiving me back, that grace over the next year when God helped me by giving me that book and realizing that I don't look back and grace will cover it, um, that grace was was sufficient to not give in to lust anymore. And it was like, almost like you're beside yourself, Um because I'm a new creation in Christ and that grace is tangible and it actually has power and, and it applies to every area of our life. When you're angry, when you, um, you know, know that temptation is there to lie, to steal, to cheat on somebody that you can call on that grace that you are walking in it on a, in, when you're walking in with Christ in a relationship, that grace is there that light is there and it's not, it's not in, it's not by my own strength. It's by God's strength. And just that grace in our marriage has demonstrated it with Rhoda loving me when I'm struggling and me loving her when she's going through her own healing and her own issues and, you know, banging her hands on the table, yelling, you know, and, and processing herself and, and, you know, I could take that as attacking me, but I know that I'm not battling against my wife. I know that I'm battling against the principalities and the spirits um, out there. And that grace is sufficient in our relationship. And what she extended to me, I'm extending to her through Christ. 
Now, that's very profound. And so I actually want to throw out this other, this other word that you actually said it without saying it. And the biblical grace narrative, actually, Jesus is grace and truth, right? So yeah. tr truth is the real issue. Christ is truth. I mean, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yep. And I think um, when we look at the false theology out there concerning grace, hyper grace, that truth part gets kind of left out because it's emotive in its nature. But what I hear you guys saying is that, okay, you have your grace, um, it's, um, it's it, and there's a cost to that grace, but in order to, to deal with the grace, you have real truth you got to embrace in order to do that. And I think, I think frankly, um, also the principles, and I think James talks about when you confess your sins one to another, you will be healed. Right. And I think a lot of people don't do that. I, and I, I mean, I've been in, I was in a um, charismatic church, was kind of a, well, that's a long story. But anyway, where they overdid it. And sometimes cults do that too. You know, you get in a cult and they get you to confess all your sins. And it's actually a way to trap you and to control you ultimately. Because if you try to leave, then they try to, you know, pounce on you and, you know, hold it over your head, which that's, there's nothing loving about that. But what you're talking about within the covenant of your marriage, um, walk, allowing Christ, who is that, that cord, you know, that can't be broken, that truth to bind you guys, but also his grace to be able to, you know, have that constant uh, love and understanding that, you know, as a husband, you're told to understand your wife, right? And as a wife, you're told to honor and respect him which goes completely against our natures, right. <laughs> generally speaking. Okay. I get it. Uh -huh. Just saying I've been married a while, but, but <laughs> did, which do you, did I make sense that, did that make sense? What I just said? Absolutely. Okay. Just want to make sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think something really amazing happened. Um, as Darren was going through the changes, um, I mean, really stopping um, porn and and being cleansed of all unrighteousness and embracing grace and the knowledge of the truth that comes from Jesus, um, he really just began to change. And he was changing so much that there were days where I'm like, God, who is this guy? I mean, I kind of got used to a certain kind of Darren with certain strengths and weaknesses and then what my responses would be to those. And it's interesting how we can, um, we do well with boxes, you know, and we do well with certain kinds of boundaries. And little did I know that um, my, what I said in the very, very beginning of our relationship that I just want to love him for who he is and, and who's God made him to be would, would be challenged. <laughs> and, um, and can I, continue to, to allow Darren to grow and change and would would my love for Darren also grow you know or did I love the gay man hmm. and um and so there there was that was something that the Lord like really addressed with me um and how to really love Darren through, through all of his changes. And at this, um, so while he's 
really growing and getting experiencing the joy of his freedom and um i mean life is happening to me and the lord is beginning to challenge challenge me <laughs> uh, and stretch me and um test my faith and how that's expressed in our relationship and i'm so thankful that um that god is that God is faithful. He just doesn't change, you know, and it's us that changes and to be able to continue to put your trust in him. Um, and so that other things can change and you can change and my husband can change, but the Lord never changes. Amen to that. That is the success to our relationship. I believe is to just really, um, be vulnerable and uh, allow you know not to we, i mean not just love each other be, even when your wrinkles are showing up you know as you age but to to love each other even when your personalities are going through a metamorphosis or when <laughs> the power of the holy spirit is is working his mastery artistry his master artistry on you and you know yeah. i just <laughs> Now, who do you love more? You know, do you love Jesus or do you love your spouse? And are you going to let Jesus transform your spouse, which will then intend, you know, transform you? And so. Yeah. Part of, part of the change that I went through was being healed of passive aggressiveness of um, not having boundaries of letting, being a people pleaser of being, um, you know, letting people steamroll me and, and in a relationship and, you know, fighting well means something, you know, and, and as, as I start to become confident in who I am in Christ, I'm changing. And, you know, Rhoda's a very strong woman <laughs> and she's a successful woman and, you know, and, and I'm coming along and growing and starting to, you know, be confident in who I am and, and have us having to adjust in how we communicate and, you know, and like there been there were times when she'd say, I don't know who you are anymore. You know, like because you know, when I would just roll over and just walk away and not talk about things, now I'm confronting and say, Well, let's figure this out. You know, I'm afraid of conflict. I mean, I grew up, you just don't have conflict, and that's how she grew up. So and and my best friend, you know, he's like, Darren, you guys' marriage isn't healthy. You never fight. Like <laughs> over five years, we never had a fight. And, and it's because I run away from it, you know, and I would just be put my tail between my legs and, and run away. And, and now as I'm being confident in Christ and seeing that God's calling me into something greater and that our relationship is going to grow and change and that that's the work of the Lord. Right. And that running away is not letting God, Jesus be our Lord. Right. Well, letting yeah. our fears run our life, you right. know, and so that was changed for us. Right. Well, and that's, you know, what it is too, is it's a, it's it's a growing insecurity, um, you know. When when Randall Randall and I've known each other almost thirty years, which makes me feel kind of old, but whatever. Anyway, but we've known each other almost thirty years, and in that time, you know, the first three years of our marriage wasn't really a honeymoon phase for us. It was really like combative, like I'm gonna kill you territory. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm not kidding. I really am not kidding. And uh, it's really a miracle that we um, that we stayed married because you know the first three years were horrible. 
I mean, challenging. Challenge. They're pretty horrible. <laughs> I mean, they, if they were, they were pretty bad. You know, I I was horrible. I, Randall was good. I was bad. I think. Uh, no, I, I, go. I well, you know, I uh, you know, I I don't. We like were to, bad in different ways. Well, yeah, I guess so. We were, but what you guys are talking about, we had to learn too. We had to learn to allow God. I mean, at one point we were separated for eight months, and so we had to, we had to go through that that um, that breaking of what we were taught by our crappy parents um, and our crappy backgrounds. You know, because you know I have a sexual abuse background, and Randall was a latchkey kid, and there was. 12 marriages between both of our sets of parents and divorce and incest, alcoholism, yeah. homosexuality, oh, yeah. you know, it, you know, the list, it, it was just all there. Um, mm -hmm. And so when we got married, it was like, all right, look, I love you. Yeah. You love the Lord. I love the Lord. We're both Christians. Okay. We're going to do this. But it, but we spent years in counseling, right? We were clueless. We were completely <laughs> clueless on how I to, mean, but how to do marriage. God had, such, uh, you know, he had such, he had put such great people in our life as therapists to help us with it. Karen Pierpoint, uh, I don't even know if she's still, I hope she's still living. Uh, but, you know, she, that was our marriage counselor in California. And she was a pastor's wife. And I, you know, I've shared this before. But, you know, there was this, there was a time where I wouldn't even touch Randall. I was like, you know what? Get your effing hands off me. I don't want you near me. I'm not even going to look at you. I'm coming to this session. That's about it. And, you know, I'm going to be like this. And I remember Karen so forcefully in a nice, gentle, motherly way. Because remember, I was about 23, 24 at the time. So I wasn't mature. And, you know, and I remember her one session saying, you know what? Get up and go and give him a hug right now. And I'm like, I don't want to give him a hug. I mean, she's, she's like, hug him. And so <laughs> I would, so I would get up there and I'd be like this, and he would put his arms around me and I'd be like, <laughs> just you know. And I and I did, you know. And at one point, I was like, okay, fine, because I didn't know how to ask for what I needed. I channeled my evil mother and she was, she was a pretty wicked woman and I never wanted to be like my mom. And that was the thing. It was kind of like, oh my gosh, how the heck did this happen? That all of a sudden my mom came into my body <laughs> and the F word and everything else under the sun came out of my mouth. Like to this man who committed his life to loving me, I'm like, oh my gosh. And, and it was the fight or flight thing. He, he, Randall had to get to a point where, because I was so volatile that he would he would have to get to the point where he he could say, okay, I am leaving for 10, 15 minutes. I will be back instead of leaving and getting in a car and driving away and never coming back. And that security had to be built in our relationship because abandonment was such a huge issue with us. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like as somebody said to me one time, it was kind of like you have a um, you have a bridge that you're, you're building one little, you know, wood, wooden thing at a time, the stronger that it gets, you know, each step, it gets stronger and stronger. And it's like, okay, I can walk over this, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, there's, it's not gonna break. Um, and that's real, right? I mean, that, 
is real marriage. That's real relationships, especially when most of us have unclaimed baggage to, to use the book title of Jan and Don Frank's. One of their book is called, uh, um, the, Jan and Don had a book called uh, A Door of Hope, which was written for uh, sexual abuse survivors. And then there was also another book that she wrote years after that called uh, Unclaimed Baggage, which was all about how we all bring baggage into the marriage, but we're, we're not right. dealing with it. <laughs> so by the way, yeah. I, by the way yeah. I have this trunk here with yeah. tons of stuff in it yeah. that I'd tell you about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Say that. Right. I didn't hear. Oh, we had a whole bedroom that we put our baggage in. Yeah. And we just go there for years. Exactly. And, and and that baggage had to be unpacked and put away or thrown out really. And, but dealt with. And, and it was Jesus that his light exposed all those bags and, and he burned them up, (laughs) gave us better clothes, better things, Mm -hmm. you know. And you don't know what you don't know, right? I mean, even Oprah said that you don't know what you don't know until you're taught it until you're taught it and then you can apply it and i know what saved our marriage was karen gave us 10 steps to do and we went through this process where randall lived in his sister's house and i lived in our apartment we had set phone calls that we would talk about our just our problems go through the 10 steps and then she forced us well i mean she she told us that to go on a date every week after that and the the and the rule was we could go on a date out in public for two hours, not talk about any problems whatsoever. We were just ordered to go out and have fun. And what happened was over time, those dates got longer and longer and longer. And then me and Randall were like, how do we tell Karen we're going over two hours on our date? This isn't going to work. You know, this is like, and then we had to like conspire against her. Cause we were like, what's she going to say? You know, <laughs> if she knows we, we went on a date for five hours instead of two, you know, <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and eventually after eight months of this, we, you know, we came clean and the rest is history. But you follow the process and faith. Right. That's exactly no. right. Yep. And Randall was in counseling. I was in separate counseling and we were in, we were in couples counseling, which, which is very key. And I think a lot of people, they, they don't look at the process because it's too difficult, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We, we, um, we went through the therapy and counseling ourselves um and so yeah we give a test to that 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 also is um a beneficial for marriage to talk and and come come together and seek um help in that way yeah now jdf over on youtube he actually gave you guys a shout out and he said that he was praying for you john is um uh, scott rather sorry scott <laughs> the j threw me off Scott has been one of our long-term listeners. I think he's listened to our show for decade, 15 years. I don't know, close to the whole time we've been doing it. And then we had, I'm trying to see if I had a question. Oh, no, it was a comment on Facebook. Somebody named um, Donna Dobis. Oh, yeah. Donna? Yeah, yeah I know. He's okay. a friend of ours. Friend. Yeah, yeah, Donna wrote under my, my description where I said, I can't wait for you to hear Darren Arota's powerful testimony. Get ready to hear how the Lord has worked in the lives of this amazing couple who have overcome homosexual now, homosexuality and infidelity in marriage. She wrote, I had no idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is that true? I mean, is it true that we don't We don't lead with that story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're open about it. It's, you know, it's our testimony to the work of the Lord in our lives but yes um now they know just so you know (laughs) hi i wrote a and 
Yeah. Hi, I'm Darren. I cheated on Rhoda hey, you know, like you know. years ago. <laughs> I used to be gay. Hey, yeah, yeah, we won't do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. For a long time, it. I I mean, I just believe that it's uh, Darren's story to tell. I mean, there's a whole lot more involved, um, and it's it's not mine to just start talking about it with everybody and anybody. And that there's a time and a place um, to protect his to his dignity, you know. Right. And a one way to show him that I love him and I support him in our marriage. And it's, I just really strongly believe in that in that boundary. I, I think that's wonderful, and I, you know, I think it's wonderful that you guys have agreed to come on our show and talk about it. We got about 15 minutes left. Is there any? Um, does that sound like a therapist or a talk show host kind of guiding the conversation? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but we do. We have about fifteen minutes left. Is there any, you know, um, hope or encouragement? I mean, I think your your whole story is encouraging and, and offers a lot of hope. But is there is there something that um, you know that you want to leave with people who maybe are struggling with with you know sexual identity issues or anger? or marriage struggles or sexual abuse issues or, or just anything pertaining to some of the stuff that you guys have gone through. And yeah, Mi- Mimi um, just said know, sending big hugs. Mimi, yeah. Mimi Block. Or Bloach. Oh, yes. Is it Bloach? That's, or... that's Grandma Mim. Okay, yep. gotcha. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi, Grandma Mim. Yeah. <laughs> I would um, recommend, you know, some books to read because there's just – Darren, Darren and I have read a lot over the past couple of years. And, um, and this one book that I'm reading right now, is called a wounded heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's a great book. It's, oh, you know about it. Dan, yeah. Dan Allender. And, yes. Yeah. I, I that's saying. a, that's a classic book. I read that years ago. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, and it's, it's still, it's being reprinted and everything. It has a workbook to it. Um, and, it has a way of like, I think that workbook helps way of getting the information out from what you're reading it in your head and into more of a journaling and exploring and stuff. And uh, without getting too personal about me, uh, the, there is a chap. there's two chapters in there about shame and contempt. And um, that I think would be revolutionary for anybody who's struggling um, with same sex attraction, with marriage, with um, sexual abuse, especially, you know, especially if you feel like, um, that there's a phantom or there's a ghost in the room and you can't quite address it. You can't quite put your finger on it, but you're angry. You're really, really hurt. Um, and you just can't, it's like, just feels like this mysterious thing. Um, so the way that um, Dr. Dan explains the shame and contempt just really begins to bring a, um, a being into the picture and removes the ghost and I think that, you know, healing has to happen in order for there to be change or, and the compassion of Jesus just moving upon your heart, you know, where he can reveal the truth. And I just love how um, Jesus has provided language um, for Darren and I both and through the process of, of counselors and psychologists um, and 
we weren't ever really given the instruction to pray the gay away or pray your problems away, you know, but to really just seek your, seek Jesus, seek your savior, um, seek the truth. And, um, and uh, I don't know, day by day, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something that, that, uh, you didn't get like this overnight, right? <laughs> something that happened a little bit at a time every day. And you either went into extreme denial about it, extreme flight, which is what I um, have done all my life. Um, or you go into extreme fight, which, and I think a lot of what um, Darren and I are learning is how to go into the battle together mm-hmm. and that each other is not the enemy. Um, right. And you've got a partner by your side that wants to fight with you in regards to whatever is the, whatever is the opposition, the opposition or the enemy, you know, um, you can have great, you can experience great victory and you can experience great joy and great freedom in that. And it really does help to unpack and unravel um, what is, what is the root right. <laughs> of, of the, you know, and mm-hmm. we as a society are just used to taking a pill and expecting it to be all better. We don't have the patience. We don't have the, the vigilance. We don't have the diligence. We don't have the discipline to continue just to keep, um, to, 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 to stay the course, to, to keep, to stay on the race. We just fall off, you know. And we don't allow, we can't see the salvation of the Lord because we give up and we just quit, you know? And so I would basically encourage someone by saying, never, ever give up, you know, don't quit and get to know who Jesus is because then you will be encouraged in his character, you know? Right. I agree with that. And, you know, one of my, my theories is that part of, what most people are never taught is how to give comfort and how to ask for comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know, one of the first questions I ask couples when I counsel them is, is can you tell me the moment when you felt comforted for the first time in your life? And I guarantee you that whatever the answer is to that question, whether it was music that comforted you or your grandma putting a blanket on your head or whatever, I don't know, whatever the situation is, however you got comfort that first time, generally there's a thread of how that carries through your life. And it often is attached to addiction if you weren't comforted normal in the way that God intended. You know, I mean, God, God gave moms and babies hormones to bond and when a baby cries, the mom's supposed to, to pick up that baby and nurture that baby. But frankly, a lot of parents don't do that. They put a bottle in the, in the kid's mouth. And so they get comfort that way. And so the food issue becomes an issue. And people, tr- tr- you know, same, the same thing. So, um, so I'm wondering with you guys, and, and this, is, this would be probably a good place to kind of close just thinking about that just for a minute. What role has have you found in giving one another comfort and asking for what you need for one another? How, how has that in your marriage uh, helped heal a lot of the stuff in your marriage or has it? Yeah, that that's um, the book uh, boundaries um, would probably be a good thing here. And 
um, asking Rhoda for help and knowing that she's on my side and not being ashamed to share my weaknesses with her and knowing that, like she said, we're pulling for each other and that the Lord, uh, we're pulling towards the Lord as we draw closer to each other. And she's, um, I've been able to say what my needs are and she's actually taught me. She was much more mature <laughs> and experienced with boundaries um, and, and telling me, well, you know, this, this is how you have to interact with me. When you say this, this is how I feel. This is how I'm receiving it. And, you know, just kind of scratching your head, like I didn't intend to say that or to, you know, to <laughs> right. come off that way. And, and I'm kind of stoic and dry and kind of to the point. And, you know, I've had to learn how to emote emotions with, with my language, you know, and cause I wasn't allowed to have emotions as a kid. And so I was just, you know, and, and it's been part of just our communication and being allowed to have feelings. And then her telling me, you know, this is until you can um, be respectful in this area, you know, and, and talking to me this way or whatever, you know, it, it's the respect. She's always um, been mature in that way and helping me grow in my honestly maturity. Cause I didn't have, that as a child of, of how to interact with people. I was beat up over everything and told to be perfect. So I couldn't make mistakes. And I just expected that if I had a, an opinion on something or I needed something, I'd just say it and that was it. And, and Rhoda wants to know, well, why? And, you know, what are your feelings behind that? And how does that help you? And, you know, and so it's not just about me barking what my needs are, but her understanding me as a person and that goes back to her wanting to love me as me, loving me as Christ did. And that has created in me a, a softening in the rigidity, or, you know, the rigid side of me. And um, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, and the Lord, you know, she'll pray with me, you know, I'm like, okay, well, clearly I have an issue here. So just pray for me, you know, <laughs> and, and there's been a lot of times where in both directions, you know, she'll say, God, you know, she'll go to the pastor. There's one time she went to one of her pastors and was talking, you know, how I was having some issues and, and hard, and she just wanted me to do this, this, and that, and acknowledge her as a person and, and several other things. And, and so they com committed to me in prayer, you know, Lord help Darren's heart. And the, that night God laid on my heart to go get a card and, 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 and say some things on that card. And I said it word for word what their prayer was. And, and it, we've had that work both ways where I've prayed in, in, with my brother and I say, you know, God, I, I can't reach Rhoda in this. I need you to do it. And, and then the next day it happens. I call my brother, he goes, you don't believe this. You know, the Lord worked exactly how we prayed. And, you know, when you pray in, in the will of the Lord and, and it's according to his will, it happens. And God wants us to draw closer together. God wants us to depend on each other and, and to be intimate in our fears, in our hopes, in our hurts, and to share those needs. And, and, and through those experiences, those were faith builders. And it's, a, it's like a muscle of faith that, you know what? It built trust between from me and Rhoda that I can go to her now and, and in my deepest hurts, lay it out. We, we now have a language. We now understand our, each other more 
you know, and in our changes. And that was part of our changing, just the changing and how we interact and saying what our needs are and our needs changing, you know, over time and what worked before doesn't work now and, and growing together. I mean, Rhoda's done so much for me in teaching me how to do that and, and bring it to the Lord and bring it to, to her and share. Well, it has helped me become a mother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean that derogatory, but it's like, I've had to learn different ways to explain things. And I'm like, okay, so I, you know, we've had Sebastian and Esther and they're five and four now. And so it's like, I've seen things with Darren. I'm like, I could where he never had a mother and never nurtured him. And he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to ask for comfort. He was given like talk to the hand kind of thing. And he had to work it out on his own. So as I really don't know if it's me as much as it is about the Lord teaching him how to be a father. Mm-hmm. That's really softened his heart. Um, because when he first started out being a father of the kids, I'm like, whoa, that is not going to work with the children, you know? Yeah. So yeah. he's become a much, um, I think the holistic work that God's doing in Darren, you know, is, is achieving many things at one time, which I think is so fascinating about God, you know, with one thing, you can accomplish 10 things. And so, yeah, yeah, (laughs) learning how to comfort, you know, and that, and learning how to ask for comfort. Um, I think that's a little bit harder for a guy to ask for comfort Mm -hmm. because there's supposed to be the man and be the provider and be the tough one and whatever, but you know, he's sensitive and he doesn't just can't, you just can't cover that up. (laughs) Right. I, you know, and you know, I think there's probably another interview in here talking about parenthood and how that's, how that's worked with you guys and all that. So think, think about that. If you want to come on and get to talk about that. Life, like dad and, and seeing how the father is my dad and seeing my kids and just like, the hindsight of looking back in my relationship with God and how he was there as a father, as I helping my son grow. It's just, it's a, it, it's really um, a new revelation. It's very humbling, humbling. and amazing. <laughs> and yeah. It just, yeah. Amen to that. Have you guys um, heard JJ Heller's song, what love really means? I don't know so, that I have. That is such a good song. I wish we could play it right now. Bareface. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Yeah. Randall, can I'll you, can, can you play it? Well, it is 9.30 and it'll take me some time to find it. I have it right here. I can send it. Can I just play it then? Um, it's an outro right, music. Let, let, let me, outro. Huh? All right. Give, give me a moment. Okay. I know our time's up. Bareface is slightly irritable, I can tell. <laughs> no. Don't throw the new song at me when we're about to close. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Sorry, Bareface. No, I'm... Not irritated at all. Oh, you're not. No. <laughs> really? No, I'm just kidding. No, no, you guys got to hear this song. I just, you know, you keep saying that you want to be loved for who you are. And this song, really, when you hear the lyrics, actually, if you could play the video, then you could see it. Um, this, this is such a good song, and and I think it would yeah. be good to to close this the show on it, um, and just see your guys' reaction to it. Do you want me to send it to you, Bareface? I've got it. You do? I've got it. All right. So you can put it, you can put it up on video, right? Yeah, I can do that. <sighs>
Man, my back is killing me, you guys. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that the Lord has led me to a woman that will let me live my authentic self. That's awesome. And support that in every way. You know, I get to be me as God has designed me and who I who I believe I am. And she supports me in that. Yeah. And yeah. Well, you guys are great. I just think you're you're so cute together. And oh, and I want to say thank you for uh, you know, sharing your story. I think it's I think it's important. I think that I think it will help a lot of people. Um, you know, truth seekers people who want truth and not just to mess, you know, to mess around with stuff. And, and, um, I think you'll understand this song. We're going to play it as soon as Bareface gets it up here and, and then we'll go ahead and end the show and, and then we'll just say goodbye off screen. How's that sound? Yeah. Sounds good. I'm trying yeah, to. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So is while I think Randall's about ready, but is there anywhere that people can get in touch with you guys if they want to contact you as a result of this? Um, sure. There's a website, voiceofthevoiceless.info. That's right. Um, so my address is Darren at voiceofthevoiceless.info. Um, and also I have a blog with my most pertinent um, blog post, www.darrenmelblog.com. Oh, cool. Okay. I'll go ahead. I'll put that up in the show notes, show notes after I, darrenmelblog.com. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'll add that to my description when I post the show okay so this is JJ Heller her song is called what love really means I think you guys will really enjoy this thank you can you see it okay he cries in the corner where nobody sees he's the kid with the story Praise every night, dear God, won't you please? Could you send someone here who 